Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning here. So this is a recording of a live session we had on X this week. This live session was open to anybody to join. So we've got people joining in from all over the world. We didn't plan it. It's not scripted, but we do it every week. It's a wonderful live space to bring the community together. I was delighted to be joined by Freya Adele, who's based in Hanoi in Vietnam. And we talked in this conversation about goals for the new year and also a reflection on coaching in response to the episodes that were released last week with my interview with Rachel Lofthouse. It's unfiltered. There's no editing, but I hope you enjoy. Hello, good evening or good afternoon. I am here, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I you 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 gave me a slight panic there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's what I like to do, right? Keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> Cheers. Do you want to introduce yourself, Freya, to the? To yeah. The room? Hi. So my name is Freya. I am an international teacher currently working in Vietnam. Um, I moved from Rome this year to Vietnam. Um, which has been an experience, um, and I'm really, really enjoying being in Asia. Rome to Vietnam. That's a transition. You're, you're up in north, right? You're in Hanoi. I am. I'm in Hanoi in the north. Um, yeah, it's very different north and south, so it's important to know. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. An absolutely massive transition from Europe to Asia, but I'm really, really enjoying it. That's so cool. I'm so I'm so pleased and thankful to be co-hosting with you this week. We did our first live for Global Ed Leaders last week. And actually, I, I think um, these spaces, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Freya, I haven't really been involved that much in these spaces on Twitter or X before. Have you, have you um, tuned into many? Um, I think every now and then I've I've tapped into Teachers Talk Radio. They do a few spaces, but I think it's such a great um, platform and it seems super easy to sort of run and take part in. So I think it's a great space to come together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think they do some brilliant stuff on Teachers Talk Radio. I guess that's like the home of this kind of thing. What what I, you know, thought would be really cool is is this to be, because, um, you know, I've got a podcast. It feels sometimes a little bit one way, like I'm, um, interviewing someone, talking to someone, and then, you know, people just tune in and listen. Whereas I I think this can be interactive. Like anyone who joins a call can just put their hands up, uh, switch their mic on and and join in, which I think is something quite special that you don't get in, like maybe normal webinars or um, things like that. You know what I mean? No, I think it's great. And I think it's really easy for other people to sort of jump on and and contribute. And I think what's really lovely is – the focus on the international community. We don't have a lot of dialogue mm. on Twitter or X, as it's now called, around the international community, you know, really unpicking what we're doing and the amazing work that's going on in internationally, bearing in mind that so many teachers from the UK are now looking to work abroad or are working abroad. Um, so it's really nice to have a space for the international community to come together. Yeah, that's right. I forget the statistics that I was looking at that we looked at last week, but, you know, thousands of educators across the world in international schools, and yet communities, are you know, can be pretty difficult to find. I guess like things like time zone and, and stuff like that make it quite difficult to connect. Even 
even just uh, hosting this, I was a bit like, um, what time? <laughs> what time do we do it? Someone's missing out either way, right? So sorry if you're in the US or if, if you are in the US and you're here and you're, you're not asleep, you know, kudos to you. Um, who we got in the rooms? Hey, Cheggs, good to see you. By the way, Mark, Michelle, Mima, Emma, Cheggs, if you want to um, get involved, please just um, press that little purple mic button and just re request the mic. It won't automatically unmute you, so don't worry, but then we can just enable you so you can chip in at any point. The idea with this is just it's a interactive, um, an interactive chat. If you um, Last week when we got together, we had quite a few people just sharing their opinions, sharing their ideas, and we just had quite a good discussion. So it's it's great to have you with us. Feel free to just listen. Mark, I'm so glad to see you here because I know you've just you've just uh, was trying to put your kids to bed just in time, right? <laughs> so it's, it's it's good that you actually you actually made it. Um so yeah, today we um we're going to try do this every week and each week we're going to have um a different um a different host, a different uh, a co-host. We'll have different people coming in every time. We'll have different themes around like international schools, international education. And today we um, we thought we'd chat a little bit about our goals for the for the coming year, um, given it's January, given everyone's in that frame of mind. If you haven't already given up your goals by now, that is, it's already January the 11th. And also to reflect, I don't know if... Um, anyone's had a chance yet or had a look, but um, the latest episode of Global Ed Leaders um, this week was a, all around coaching. Actually, I interview. I was lucky enough to do two episodes, interview Rachel Lofthouse from Leeds Beckett University, um, all about coaching and education and how coaching um, can be used for teachers, for leaders in schools. It might be called to to dig into that. Mark, I saw you, um, I saw you requested there, but that seems like you dropped back out. Um, I wonder if I can, um, invite you to speak and maybe, um, we can unmute you, unmute you there. Um, Michelle, me, 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 check exam. If you wanted to, um, chime in at any point, feel free to, um, yeah. So, oh, brilliant. Mark. Hey, how are you doing? Was that the Vietnam traffic? I think you probably did. It's review. like, uh, <laughs> it's home time for everyone. You know, the Vietnamese roads are very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey, Mark. Hello. How are we? Oh, really good. What time is it there? Um, You're in. It's... Is he with us? Sorry, go. Sorry, go again, Mark. We're just testing the tech. <laughs> That's okay. We just muted it. Um yeah, last of the kids down, and I'm grateful to be tuning into some um, some coaching talk and to celebrate some, or to um, cheer on some goals for other people. Absolutely. Where are you, where are you based, Mark? Just for everyone on the uh, so on Sid the, on Sid space. Sydney, Australia. Um, yes, so um, it's been really hot today and very muggy. Um, and yes, yes, grateful to be nice. Here. It's so good to so good to have you here, Mark. It's a, a genuine pleasure. And Mark, you do um, you're involved with a lot of coaching. I think you know coaching's your your thing. I think you are involved a little bit with Growth Coaching International. Correct. Do you do some stuff with them? Oh, uh, yeah, I did um, a coaching course through them, um, and then sort of used them to sort of leverage a little bit more sort of coaching stuff that I was doing 
uh, personally, um, and I'm really thankful to be in a role this coming year where I get, that's my role, collaborative coaching, working with teams of teachers. So when this came across um, the calendar, I thought I'll better tune in. I'm on holidays now and I can listen in and learn. Um, and I can see Michelle there. Michelle and I have shared a school at some point as well. So, yes. ah, so good, so good to see those those connections. And Michelle, feel I'm so glad you're you're here too. So feel free to um, request a mic anytime. It'd be good to hear from you too. And welcome to the room, um, JL Gur. Great picture of uh, the dog there. It's good to have you here. If you wanna if you wanna contribute, please do. So. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering, Freya, uh, have you been thinking about any professional New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a really exciting um, stage, I guess, because I've joined a brand new school. Um, the school opened in uh, August, so it's been a whirlwind of an adventure. And um, what's really, really exciting, I guess, is the opportunity for growth and development. There's going to be lots of exciting positions coming up. So I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm in a really luxurious position where I'm thinking about where I want to go and what I want to do and um, jobs to apply for within my, my new school, um, as well as obviously continuing doing the role that I currently do as an English teacher. So my professional goal is to really sort of challenge myself, put myself out there, be 10% braver, women ed speak there and just um, have a ball growing and developing and having fun. I love that. So t t tell me about that 10% braver. This is, this is like a, a slogan of women ed, did you say? Yeah. So there's this idea of just, you know, being brave, going for opportunities and things that I love the fist bump there, Mark. It's um, great. And just sort of, yeah, having the confidence to really push forward. Um, and I think I've had a few years where I haven't really pushed forward. Um, and I've let my imposter syndrome take over. And I guess I've been self-coaching myself, telling myself that now is the time to, to go and grab something that I think will do me a lot of good. That's so good. That's so good. And and you're doing all this like with a brand new school this year. The school's just opened. Did you yeah, say? August. So it is a brand new school. Um, and hectic. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever been part of a, a startup school before. It is incredibly hectic. Um, it's incredibly busy, but it's also a really, really exciting thing to be a part of. And um, to build a school from its foundations, you know, so it's hard work, but it's really, really rewarding. Mm, I, I, yeah, I, I can imagine. And I, I've got a little bit of empathy, although I've not been in a, uh, a new school myself. Like I used to work in like a regional capacity um, for like an international school group. And we opened you know lots of schools in consecutive years and i always just used to be like hats off to the staff in those schools because you're you're not just kind of doing the day job like you're figuring things out as you go as well and there's all those like there's a million teething issues i think feel it like takes a certain character and and um you certainly have to be 10 if not 20 percent braver than you would in a in a, a non-startup? A hundred percent. I think that we had a very busy first term. I think we did about 20 weeks because we started on the 1st of August. But we've had a lovely three-week holiday and I think we've all come back really refreshed and really excited 
to move forward. And obviously, we're we're in the process of recruiting new staff next year, recruiting new students for next year. And it's all really, really exciting. So I think 2024 is is going to be a good one. Oh, brilliant, Freya. And and it's funny, I think this is like um like almost a, a common feeling of like within international schools, whether you're in a new school or not, like the idea of growth, recruiting new students, like actually developing and growing a school is so common. Like we were talking last week, like just how fast the sector is growing around the world. It means there's just lots of new schools or there's lots of small schools that are becoming big schools. Um, so I imagine a lot of people have kind of similar feelings and similar challenges this year. Mark, I, I wonder, I wonder like, um, about you and I'd, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Mima and Michelle, are you in the same school as Mark? Is that, is that what you said, Mark? Um, yeah. So last year I finished up early, um, uh, for a bit of sort of personal space, a bit of headroom. Um, in my old context, it was a new school, um, and Michelle joined that school, um, I think, at the beginning of last year too. But um, She might be able to uh, help out a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'd been there for five years and totally agree with what you're both saying around um, like a startup school being um, manic and you're sort of building culture and policy at the same time um, as well as trying to find identity um, and um, sort of being mindful of, you know, the rapid growth. So, um, yeah, uh, totally understand what you're saying about the whole idea of a new, of a new school. And I actually did that twice at back to back schools. Um, one in a large K to 12 school and one in a very small uh, K to six school. Um, yeah. So we, we picked up staff very quickly. Um, and it almost felt like recruiting season was all year long. Um, uh, and you were getting used to um, many people joining in um, at various points of the year. Um, and it really highlighted things around you know, how will you onboard efficiently, how will you, um, you know, communicate the, um, the ethos of the school um, in, in a way that you know, tells it like it is and is honest about what you know, the boots on the ground is like also. Gosh, you're you're a real um, sucker for punishment, Mark. Two <laughs> two two startups in a row. Yeah, yeah, two startups in a row. Um, and I think that's probably that probably contributed to um, the early finish to last year um, and needing some um, space for myself and family um, because it was go 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 um, quite a lot. But um, you know, uh, I've been on the blessing in that is I've been on. Um, family time since October uh, last year. So I'm feeling very well refreshed at the moment. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's, that's awesome. I don't know, Freya, if you wanted to um, pick up on anything, it seems like there's some synergies between both your experiences. I'm just really impressed that you did two back to back. I think that's amazing. Um, do you, do you, if you've been having family time, are you looking to go back into education now then? Are you, do you have any professional goals for this year? Um, yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I took the time off not knowing if I'd step back into schools, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, I felt very um, uh, sort of 
ironed out and very thin, paper thin. Um, and uh, lo and behold, I am walking back into a mm. school, albeit a very established school, um, you know, 50 something years old now at the school, I think, um, as an assistant principal. Um, and because the, the, the role, it felt like it was written for me as collaborative coach. So uh, my intention was to just step into the world of um, coaching and consulting um, and sort of leave the schools behind. Um, so my goal this year is to just uh, be a novice, be, uh, be curious and uh, to learn again. Um, and, you know, truth be told, probably fall in love again with schools and, and, and teaching um, because I was very, very tired at the end of last year. Um, so and like a few months off has really helped um, you know, put the air back in my lungs, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I love that. And I think and that's a yeah. brilliant, brilliant thing that you've done. And um, it sounds a really, really exciting, you know, opportunity that you've got ahead. And I'm really pleased for you. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you very much. What about uh, what about anybody else? Is there anybody else here who've been thinking about their um, resolutions? All Checks has joined us. Hello. Hi, Chex. How are you doing? Oh, I'm a bit puffed, but um, I'm going all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Has it been a long day? Yeah, wrangling small toddler, and I've just been for a run, and it's about 35 degrees. And um, oh wow. Yeah, I'm just a bit a bit puffed, and um, yeah, I've got a few. Few uh, my dams are gone bananas at the minute, and um, I told Shane I'd come and have a listen. And um, yeah, it's good to see you guys. Uh, I'm not really excited to go back to school just yet, but um, I am looking forward to it a little bit. But I think in a week or two, I'll be ready to go back to school. And are you going back with any sort of goals in mind? Any resolutions? Survive. Any that you've survived. Survive. I think that's a common. I think that's a common resolution for people, isn't nah, it? I've, yeah. I'm taking my boys to Adelaide, which is an interstate trip for basketball. So um, I'm just getting the fundraising and everything sorted for that. Um, and yeah, they'll just be, yeah, just be doing that. I think just getting getting everything sorted and paid for, and um, get them on the plane safely, go over there, win, and come home. That'll be the that'll be the aim. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Chegs, it's so good to it's so good to have you here. I appreciate you dropping in and feel free to just uh um drop out if you need to if you just need to recharge after, yeah, after a day or deal with those deals. I'm about to yeah jump in the shower here in a little bit because <laughs> you guys luckily can't smell me, but it's not good. Um, <laughs> that's a good thing about spaces. It's um yeah, not in close box. It's in the next update. Um and Betty's yeah, joined us as well. So hello to Betty and if Michelle, Mima, Betty, you want to jump on and tell us about your New Year's goals, your resolutions for for twenty twenty four, please feel free to join in. I'm intrigued, uh, Freya. I'm intrigued, Betty. I can. I just uh, clicked your profile, and I can see this amazing view in your picture. So I'm desperate to know where you're where you're based. So uh, if you want to either pop a pop a comment, if you click the you know the little comment button at the bottom, or request a mic, 
Um, would love to hear. And Hayes are here. Um, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the space. And Karish as well. Um, welcome, welcome to the space. Um, I, I want so you know, I, in terms of my goals, like I guess I'm I resonate a little bit with you, Mark, because I took um, a bit of a, a sidestep from um, working directly in, in the school, school system to, um, um, to the side and, uh, now working a lot of consultancy coaching. So, um, a lot of my goals are around, um, content creation and community creation. So I, I'm really wanting to, um, this year lean into how can I bring the international school community together? So I, you know, through like, I've got a podcast, I've got like a blog, I've got like, you know, through social media or other ways we can connect each other because I genuinely feel like, you know, the, the better we connect with each other and not just like in like British schools together through British schools associations and American schools with those associations, but genuinely bringing everyone together, I think is, is really exciting. And I feel like spaces is, is um, a brilliant um, place to, um, to make that happen because I feel it's inclusive. I know you, Frey, you were saying you were, this was kind of something you were wanting to lean into this year as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I was, I was thinking about that. I think it's such a brilliant thing as well. So I really, one of my goals this year is to really promote the international community, celebrate the work that we're doing. Cause I think we're doing fantastic things to contribute more in terms of resources with the IGCC and the IB and all of those things. Um, because I do think on spaces um, or Twitter or X or, you know, Facebook or any platform, the international community isn't as prominent. And I think it should be because there's so many of us and we're all doing fantastic things. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm so aligned with you uh, with that. Hey, I, I see um, Karish, you've just uh, requested the mic. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. Thank you for giving me time to take part in this space. Yeah. It's really good to have you here. Do you, uh, are you in education, Chris, or are you just here to, to learn with others? Uh, currently, uh, I'm learning my way on how to benefit from X. So I'm just hanging around, but I'll be great to answer any questions that will be related to me. So good. Well, you're, you're so welcome in this space and you're welcome to um, hang about and learn, learn with us. You know, we are actually fairly new to, to doing this as well, um, hosting and co-hosting um, these kind of spaces. So um, it's, it's really good to, it's really good to have you here. I wonder, I wonder Frey, if you want to, if we want to switch tack now and switch on to kind of that second part that I know Mark is going to be really eager <laughs> to get into, which is talking about coaching in schools. Yeah, I think so. I, I would love to hear yours, your thoughts and Mark's thoughts as well on coaching. Mm. So, so like when we're talking about coaching, like I, I had a brilliant chat. If any of you, I don't know if anyone's, managed to tune in on the, on, on the call to the, the latest global Ed leaders podcast this week. I spoke with Rachel Lofthouse who runs, um, um, she's a professor at, um, Leeds Beckett university and runs collective ed, which is like a center for coaching and mentoring and education. 
Um, and she gave a really brilliant um, insight into what's happening with coaching in schools. And I, 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 the reason I asked to speak to her is because I was getting myself a little bit confused at some of the terminology because there's different types of coaching I, I see in schools. Like, so put aside the coaching that we might do with students, like thinking about coaching for teacher professional development. Um, we've got like um, executive coaching. So this is, this is happening more and more. We've got a rise in executives in our schools and certainly international schools have these big um, executive boards. So um, there's, there's certainly um, an, a rise and a need for executive coaching because the, the business world seem to be doing it. But there's also teacher coaching and this kind of idea of instructional coaching, like coaching teachers to get better. And I know that there's been so many varying terminologies and interpretations of it. And that's in a national context because it's like a lot of instructional coaching came from North America. So it's being interpreted different. So I was wondering like how it's being interpreted in international schools. I'd be really keen to know um, from people in the room, your experience and Hey, and speaking of coaches, you know, my coach has just joined. Hey, Neil, thanks for joining um, um, in this space. Feel free to um, request a mic if you want my good to, friend, to get Redham, involved in this conversation. My good friend Redham is a ripper from Melbourne. He's a good fellow too. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Redham. Yeah, I, I, I recognize you. I've been in some of your spaces. Welcome. Welcome to this space. Please feel free to to get involved with the conversation. It's really good to have you here. For anyone who's um, new to spaces, because I know there's not many education um, or school spaces out there, um, you um, feel free to press a little microphone button. You can request the mic, join in any time, or just raise your hand or unmute your microphone. You know, um, That's fine. But we're talking about, we've been talking about goals and we've just moved on to coaching. So Freya, what's... What's your thoughts? Do you have you have you done it in previous schools in any form? Is it is it happening at your school at the minute? So um, not my new school for obvious reasons because we're just kind of starting everything else up. But in my previous school, yes, and I I just think everyone should be coached in some capacity. Um, I um, yes. I was I am doing. I say I was. I am doing the Charter College of Teaching. Um, teacher program this you know certificate in education and part of that was a a process where you chose an area of your practice that you would like to focus in on and you put into uh, you put an action plan into place and then you invited someone to come and watch you and um, participate in instructional coaching Um, and it was single-handedly the best professional development I have had in years so I am a massive fan of um, practitioners choosing an area of their practice that they want to develop and get better at, and then choosing someone within the organization that they think are an expert in that area. So it, it involves knowing your staff really, really well, of course, um, and inviting them in to give you some instructional coaching and support you in those sort of incremental gains to improve what you do. It is such a brilliant, brilliant tool. That sounds so good. Like, so uh, can I ask, I'm, I'm really interested. Like you, so you invite uh, an expert in a certain area, like of, of, of pedagogy or whatever you're looking at to um, come and watch you. Are they like a trained coach or is this like, you know, just like a 
peer coaching kind of model? Yeah, great question. So we we actually did have some trained coaching with an organization um, on a more general level, but this was probably more in the capacity of choosing someone that you felt had the skill set to come and offer you advice in a particular area. So for me, our school launched a, an oracy initiative um, and I wanted to do something in line with the initiative, obviously, to feed into that. And I chose to focus on in implementing the Hartness discussion. Um, and so I chose our Oracy leader to work with. And she came in and I implemented what I thought was the Hartness. And I had a go at it and I was trialing it out and practicing. And I invited her in to come and see me and give me some instructional coaching, giving me some feedback about how I could incrementally improve what I was doing. And then I practiced that. For a little while and I embedded some of the things that she suggested and she came back and saw me again um, and actually we ended up writing a case study for voice 21 because it was so good <laughs> wow wow that's 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 so good and and you so this is like like almost like a dialogic coaching right because like the, from what from my understanding like coaching is often on a scale. So maybe like when you're doing executive coaching, it's, it's facilitative, which means like it's, it's, it's all about unlocking what's inside you, what's inside you. The, the coach is not giving you anything. Mm. And then you've got on the other side, you've got quite directive coaching mm. or mentoring where the coach is actually saying, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. And then in the middle, like the Jim Knight phrase is like dialogic. Whereas I, I guess there's, someone's watching you and asking good questions to try and unlock it, but then they're also maybe offering, offering suggestions along the way. Did, was it, was it kind of sitting in the middle? Yeah, there? I think so. And I think it's really interesting what you say about the different types, because that's a lot of different opportunities to be coached, isn't it? And I think you do sometimes just want to have a coach who offers you advice as and when things sort of crop up. But this instructional coaching sort of via the sort of professional development platform is just such a powerful tool, especially when you have the autonomy to choose an area of your practice to focus in on. And you have the autonomy to choose who you want to come and coach you because you really respect and value their their experience and their advice. Mm, I feel like that's big key point to the coaching process, right? That autonomy question, there's got to be voice and choice in, in, in what you're doing. It's not like directed CPD in that way, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think that we actually as practitioners know our strengths and we know the areas that we really would like to develop and get better on. And I think that we need to have that kind of decision-making facility to kind of go, do you know what? I really, really want to focus on this because I really believe it will make me better. And maybe there's a conversation to be had to, ins to ensure that it kind of aligns with the school direction or whatever. But I think us having that control and decision-making power over what we improve and what we do is really, really key. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's complex, right? This is why I think there's so many arguments online at the minute about um, about coaching and about different approaches because I think you can't simplify it down to a script or simplify it down to one approach. It's got to be responsive um, to your situation. I'm I'm really um, keen to understand as well um, 
Redim, you're in the call. I wonder if you've experienced of, um, of coaching before. And I also want to welcome um, Tom, who's just come into the, the chat. Welcome to the space, Tom. It's good to have you here. Hey, Shane. Um, it's good to be here as well, Ben. Uh, thank you. I have experienced coaching. Excuse me, because I've just <laughs> finished a bite of my food. <laughs> Is it good? <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yogurt and berries for anyone who's curious. Oh, that's 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 perfect auditory um um like a food to be eating. It's perfect for this kind of thing. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks for having me up, Shane. Um I have uh, I've hired a few coaches uh, in the past. Uh I'm very strategic or I guess intentional if, if there's a specific outcome that I'm looking for that I know that I need help with that um, someone has done before, I, I'm usually pretty happy to pay for their time and expertise. Uh, but what I love is this concept of coaches for coaches, um, who is empowering those that help um, and, and teach. Like <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that before. Uh, listening into this discussion but th that's such a cool idea to me so respect i i love that because yeah you pick on something pick up on something quite interesting which is like this diversity of what coaching means as well like because i think like what you're describing is you're saying you've got like some skills that you want to develop so you seek an expert out who can coach you through almost like a sports coach would coach you through the steps yeah yeah you some people would like then go to like a, an executive coach and they wouldn't necessarily be looking for someone with the skills they'd just be wanted to be coached through like open questions um as well so there's like this spectrum um of coaching um i like that you're saying is coach coaching for coaches i guess teachers are the ultimate coaches as well um i wonder like um Mark or um, or Frey, have you got? Do you want to pick up on any of that? And I can see J Javaid on the call as well. Um, Michelle, Betty, Mima, Neil, and Tom, feel free to request the mic. Of course, I might jump in if that's okay, Shane. Because go um, for it. What what um yeah, all of this is resonating very deeply at the moment. And I think the idea of pinning down a meeting for instructional coaching just feels like it's a futile effort because it's. For me, it's always got to be a contextual thing. Um, and if there's agreement in in a context and, and you want to call it instructional coaching, then that's what we'll call it. Um, but, and perhaps it's, you know, where I'm at personally. Um, and, like, I'm a big fan of, you know, professional growth and that sort of thing myself. But um, one thing I'm, I've become more aware of lately is the me in the teacher needing the development too so yeah like i'm a teacher um and i have been for a number of years um but how am i being developed and what and what um what capacity does a coach in a school setting have um for that too and i guess I'm really conscious of a teacher shortage here in Australia. Um, and I said before, recruitment season's all year round, and that's because people are walking out of jobs as well. Um, if we're, if a coach, I think there's a, 
as a role for a coach in a school or a mentor as well, I guess, depending on what we want to sort of define it as, to be uh, nurturing and growing the, the person that is the teacher as well. The practice can always become sharper and we know that. And if we're saying that we know it all, then I, I don't know whether we're fully understanding of what teaching is. But um, I think the person is the, is the part that is underdeveloped and probably is contributing to quite a lot of the, you know, um, the, the frailty and the, um, you know, sort of in and out of schools at the moment. <clears throat> so I'm very aware of, you know, the, the benefits and the uh, purpose of instructional coaching, but there's also a space for coaching the person, the teacher as well. Um, and that's probably what I just want to jump on because the, I haven't checked in on the conversation that you've had with Rachel yet, Shane, um, but knowing Rachel as well as I do, I, I'm going to be nodding my head all the way through it. Um, but it is also really important to acknowledge the human as the teacher too, in the teacher too. I love that, Mark. I, like, are you so with instructional coaching is like for the teaching, but you're saying it's like, do our teachers actually get in coaching for themselves as people and uh, yeah, for them reflecting yeah. on their life and career? Yeah. Um, and their place in the school and their place as the teacher and um, across the, um, across their career as a teacher. Um, and I've been really, um, I've been really sort of, sort of uh, had many opportunities to talk to teachers about their practice, but you know the the practice is only part of the conversation because um, they are a, a person outside of school as well, and I need to I need to be able to handle a conversation like that or provide a space for that. And if I'm if I am just talking about practice all the time, it just feels like I'm being deployed as a practice expert or a, as a someone that said a repair practice and I really want to be more than that for the t for the staff that I work with because that's what keeps people in jobs um, when they know that there's people there that they can relate to that there's a space there that can be shared um, as well and I, it's probably broadening the idea of what tonight's um, uh, conversation was about but coaching for educators for me is not only about their practice it's about their their the themselves as the educator mark i hugely value what you're saying and then i'd like to you know pass to freya and then to chair because i see you've got your hand up come to you as well but this is like really um this is really getting me thinking because you're so right i think a lot of talk at the minute of coaching in schools is centered around coaching teachers how to get better at teaching so like there's all these um organizations, companies, and things that have developed frameworks, but you're right. It's all about the teaching practice. And yet we know like some of the great coaching practice outside of education or for the leaders in education is about them as people and their trajectories and, and how they're feeling about the school as a whole and their life as a whole. And that's where the power is. And that's probably a missing, a missing piece to some of these, um, coaching practices such as those like by, um, evidence-based education or step lab or ambition institute which are focused more primarily from my understanding on um coaching the teacher to teach 
I don't know, Freya, what's, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I think what uh, Mark said is super powerful. I don't think, you know, one, you know, has to exist and the other can't. I think there could be multiple approaches to coaching in a school. And I think Mark's absolutely right. You know, we are in a, um, a state in the moment, especially in the UK, less so maybe internationally, where, you know, teaching isn't an attractive profession. It's hard work. You know, people are leaving the profession. Um Sometimes, and you know, don't don't come at me for this. I see coaching in some respects as a form of therapy, and I think it's really beneficial and it's really helpful if, if everybody just had an hour each week where they could sit down with a coach or with someone to talk through some of their stresses from the week, some of the things that they're finding challenging, and have that opportunity to kind of um, you know find some solutions to that. I think the teaching profession would be a much healthier place for everyone. Can we frame that? Totally agree. Absolutely. Totally Let's agree. get it framed into a GIF, 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 whatever it is. <laughs> for me, sometimes it feels many of these models feels like they're just wringing a cloth um, and the cloth cannot be sort of wrung out anymore. Um, but the protective layer from in my mind is a space and a community that um, knows how to hold conversation and, um, and, and um, knows how to be with one another so that they can safely talk about practice and be vulnerable in that way. This is brilliant. This is, this is exactly why we're hosting these kind of spaces. So, because you get such nuance of insight um, that, that comes in such a different way than, you know, if this was just a broadcast or a, a webinar. Thanks so much, Mark Freya. Amazing reflections. Freya, shall we, shall we hand it to, to Cheggs and Redim and then can... Yeah, you know, I'd love to hear what other, what other people are thinking. Definitely. Redim, Redim, Redim can flat out get nicked. Um, this is like, this is 100% like the most passionate thing that, that like I'm about to say that I've ever said on this platform that, if we don't do something for graduate teachers, we are in Australia. We are in the biggest world of pain ever. Um, I've been coaching graduates the last four years. I've been teaching for ten. They do not need a portfolio. They do not need a coach on CMS strategies. They need someone to fucking believe in them and mentor them and help them. That is what they need. They do not need another five step strategy to this and that. It's all they need is someone to check in on them, just like you said before, an hour a week, two hours a week. And you know what? I, I'm actually considering starting a business, whether I make money or not. And if I can get people to stay in the industry just so they can call me once a week and say, oh, this kid's a dick, that teacher's a dick. I don't know what to do with this kid. Like, what do you reckon about this lesson plan? You know, like, coaching is such, it's coaching's making it sound like the person doesn't know what they're doing. It's like, I don't know what you want to call it, but like for me, just be mentorship and support. Like you said, it's therapy. It's like they just need someone to vent to because the the stats are that 60, 70% of grads are dropping out in the first three years. Like that's wild. That is actually wild. And if we don't do something as senior teachers, like anyone who's been teaching more than 10 years, like this is my 10th year of teaching, um, for the first time ever, I'm like, I don't think I should be pushing people to be teachers. Like, our pay shit, uh, like everything shit. It's like, like you can get good holidays, but if you work in a tough government school, 
um, and you're not cut out for it and you're fed to the wolves, you're not, you're not coming back and they'll never enter back into the industry. It's not like they're going to teach for two years and then go back to uni and then come back to teaching. It's just, it's not possible. So whatever you want to call it, support, mentorship, the person needs to come first, not the sit in the back of the classroom and critique them on their teaching. That's not what we need. We did not need more of that. Wow. Venting, venting with text, this business, I think it sounds a great, great idea. It was such a, a, a passionate, um, a passionate um, reflection, Checks, and I reckon a lot of people feel it. And there's so there's a real crisis with teachers. Um, I know where you are. I know in the UK, the US, like a real crisis of teacher recruitment and retention. And I think from what you were saying, it's like it's because as, as teachers, we're just getting things done to us all the time, getting things done to rather than with. Um, and these kind of these coaching, mentoring, supportive conversations are not not happening. Um, is no, it's no wonder. I think, you know, some people, I think Rachel Lofthouse calls it sometimes the deprofessionalization of teachers that's happening around the world now. It's a real problem. Um, and I know like you, you can, we can talk about like teacher recruitment. I think, um, international schools are sometimes mopping up some of the great teachers from national contexts, um, because they're offering slightly better packages or slightly better time. Um, but even in international schools, like people are really thinking about, you know, what, what needs to be done. There's the great reflection checks and you're in, you're in a school yourself. You're teaching, teaching yourself at the minute, right? So I guess Ground, you're acting as boots, this. Mate. Grounds on the boots. boots on the ground. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I've, I've never gone into like executive kind of positions. I'm as like in my PE department, like I have a senior role, but. Um, I'm the head of basketball, so um, yeah, I can't really go any higher as a teacher in terms of like those kind of things. But um, yeah, I do not want to go into admin. I think that would be the worst thing ever. I go there for the kids. My purpose is to have a positive influence on young people's lives, um, make them laugh, put point in the right direction, call them out when they need to be called out, push when they need to be pushed. Occasionally, I overstep. Occasionally, I understep. But that's why I rock up to work every day. Um, and I didn't have that support early days until I moved schools and, um, I've got amazing mentors and they do that for free, um, at the school and our professional development is pretty much useless. Um, that one mentor that, or two or three mentors that I've had over 10 years, um, have been far more super beneficial to me than going to probably 300 hours of professional development that I couldn't remember or tell you about any of them really to be fair um yeah I, I you're i don't think you're alone in that feeling at all i've heard that so many so many times i don't know if you hit that from your colleagues before prayer and in, in schools but it's just like a, a common story yeah absolutely which is uh, i think why the instructional coaching for me was such a powerful tool because it was geared by me and steered by me and it was on something I wanted to do and I chose the person that I felt I would get the most from. And it's kind of like taking professional development back for yourself. Um, uh, but I think the instructional coupled with the the approach that um, both Mark and Cheggs are talking about is like a dream scenario for many schools, I'm sure. And it would just do wonders, I think, for everyone.
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Redim, you wanted to come in on that? Dude, yes. Firstly, it checks, man. I, I love, I love, love, love seeing this side of you. And it's obvious how much you care. And I appreciate that, mate. Um, I have a lot of friends who have become teachers. Uh, I graduated high school in 2014. So, like, a few years has passed. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of them, like, I see their souls being sucked because they hate their jobs. And I think a lot of it is probably because they feel that they're they're cogs in a machine and they don't really have much impact. Like the way that, you know, people become teachers with good intent. They want to make a difference. Um, and dude, start that business. That that's um, I, I'd love to help you however I can because that's such a great idea. Um, I've noticed even just with this online business stuff, you're you're totally right. Like if someone believes in you, then it does give you that confidence that you need to to keep doing the thing and and trudge forward. Um, you said only you need someone to believe in you. You need to believe in yourself. But sometimes having a support network helps you tap into that inner thing that you need to tap into. Um, there was a survey that I think it was an American survey. Most people don't think that there is anyone who truly knows them. And and I think it's just like modern day society. Like, I don't think people have <laughs> as many real friends as, as maybe they used to. And when you feel isolated, whether it's in a job or in your social life, of course, it's going to be difficult to, to make an impact on others. So yeah, I, I'm loving this discussion. I'm pumped up. I'm not a teacher. Um, but I'm, I'm passionate about teaching because I have mates that are teachers and just hearing this, I, I'm pumped. So yeah, Redim's, I'm loving Redim's this just used to hearing me roast people and give him shit about not having a beard or complaining about something or going on a rant. Um, so that's why he said that. <laughs> so good. I, I am just loving this, this, um, room today. Um, it's just, it's just brilliant. The passion and, you know, I, I love what you're reflecting there that's that's massive red in that a lot of people just don't really feel like people people know them and then we're you know we're asked sometimes to be self-confident and just have confidence in yourself but actually uh, i feel like reflecting on what you were saying like we're we're social creatures right like we want we need people to um to affirm us as, as well so like we, we we can't sometimes just do it our own and lean in on our communities really good. And Chegs, I, I also, I was kind of thinking, um, about what you were saying and, you know, thinking, oh, could you do like a, a business working with, with teachers? I think that's a brilliant idea. And, you know, so many coaches in, in education, like people feel like you have to have climbed up this, this ladder into like senior leadership. And actually, you know, the empathy lies with where you are right now as a teacher. I think there's potential even bigger power to be coached by someone um, you know, alongside you. Yes, yeah, um, rather than like, you. like I feel like if I all my mentors are all boots on the ground teachers and not in exec, or I have one who's a primary school teacher and I call him the goat. He's been teaching for thirty years. Um, as a primary school teacher, as a male, that's unheard of. He's been a principal, vice principal, come back into the classroom, and I text him almost every day. Um, like he is like 
don't know. He, if, if I was going to employ someone as a mentor, it'd be him. Um, and every single prac teacher I've had, I've had about a dozen. I think I've had about 12, um, which I'm about to text all of them and say, hey, would you be interested or any of your friends be interested in this kind of support? Just because I actually I needed the redem kick in the backside to actually go and do it. Um, yeah. And you as well, Shane. But um, he he's helped me out a lot. But then also at the same time, it's like um, I think that I had to go and seek that mentor. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I, I it wasn't like a an option for me. It's like I befriended him, and every time I got a prac teacher, I'd be like, "You need to spend as much time as you can with this guy. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's super positive. He's seen it all. He's been through it all." And, um, you know, he's got way more knowledge than me and he, all of my graduate teachers that have come through as my prac teachers all love him and just, they've got his number, they text him. Um, and it's like, we need to do more of that. And especially those older teachers that are still teaching, they probably feel energized when they're helping out younger teachers as well. Like it's kind of like, a, instead of a vicious circle, it's like a bit of, bit more of a positive circle, I reckon. Yeah, I love that. And you raised something really, um, really important. I think it's about like choosing the people you work with as well. Like having, having that voice, not just having someone turn up and saying, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your coach and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help you, but actually having someone come to you and offering help or building up a relationship first and then offering that trusted trusted help yeah, I'm otherwise not sure if you said that before like actually picking who you were working with like for personal and professional development like that's huge like because mm. you're like you feel you either have a relationship with them or you really respect them so if you get both of them if you really respect them and you know them then you have the double whammy so it's like for me i have that because he's become a friend but he's also like he he actually come to me a couple of times and like hey mate like i you know, I'm having problems with these kids, like, and they're your kids, like, that I teach. And I'm like, what do you do with them? And he's asking me. So it's like it becomes almost like a two-way street, even though he's been teaching for 40 years, 30, 40 years. So it's like I feel like it's like I think there's two really – or three important things, that choice that's not being forced on you. And then the second thing is, is that it actually benefits you as a person and then three, it's consistent over a period of time. I reckon if you can get those three things, um, you're on to a bit more of a chance of staying in the job. I love it. Choice, benefiting you as a person, and consistency. They're three like, golden rules. I think that that's awesome. And I just want to say um, welcome to um, Emma and uh, uh, Nina. So I, I see you there. It's really lovely to have you in this space. We're going to be um, closing up, um, closing up the space soon. But I just wanted to f hand it back to um, Freya. To um, do you have any final thoughts? And if anyone wants to uh, um, unmute your microphone or uh, join in for any final thoughts, please, please feel free to um, request the mic. I think it's been a fantastic discussion, and I think that we've really touched upon the complexities of coaching. But how essential it is, not just for our professional practice, but for us as human beings and teachers in the classroom who, you know, every day are rocking up, turning up, doing the very best job that we can um, under quite difficult circumstances sometimes. It is a challenging profession. And um, I think coaching is one way in which we can really feel supported 
um, more of the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling the love in this room, this room this evening. I'm so grateful for you all to tuning in. And if you're tuning in to um, the recording, um, it's good to have you here and hope you are able to join um, another time. I'm wondering, you know, we're, we're hoping to host this, uh, you know, again, do these global ed leader, leaders lives, maybe same time each week we might maybe sometimes switch the time because unlike other spaces, sometimes we, we, we're trying to get other um, time zones in and, and it's, it's always tricky to find a time that everyone can join if, if not impossible. Um, but certainly we're getting quite a few people in Asia here, which is, um, which is quite cool. So if you find value in this, in this kind of shared space together, I'd love it if you would share you know, when we share this, the, the upcoming spaces, if you just share with your community, see if we can give that value to more people, if you believe in that value. Um, next week, we've got um, Paul Matthews, actually is going to be co-hosting, co-hosting with me next week. He's um, uh, does a lot of work with artificial intelligence um, in education. That. Get, get that ranger, tall, skinny ranger, Australian dog out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's the man. I'll be there for that for sure. Brilliant. Well, we're going to be unpicking artificial intelligence in education, whether it's something that we're thinking about already in our international schools or international schools leading or lagging behind in, 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 in this kind of AI race. Are people using it for productivity hacks? Are people totally revolutionizing their school from it? So I think that's going to be, um, um, a really interesting chat. Um, so yeah, so thanks everyone for for tuning in. It's been it's been fantastic um, chat, and I really value all of your input. And thanks to my brilliant co-host Freya. Um, it's been great co-hosting with you, Freya. Thank you. It's been amazing. Uh, it's been such a good talk. So thank you. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Freya. And wherever you are in the world, everyone else have an amazing evening, afternoon, morning, wherever you are, and we'll hopefully see you here next week. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the live chat today. If you enjoyed it, I'd love it if you would join in these live chats in the future. They take place every Thursday and they take place on X. So if you go to my profile, search for me at Leaning Shane, you'll find the pinned post at the top of my profile with the next live space. You can click there, set yourself a reminder, come along. We welcome anyone across the world to join in this conversation. Next week, we are talking about artificial intelligence with Paul Matthews. So this promises to be an amazing conversation. I'll see you there.